And also, if your pet gets a really bad flea allergic dermatitis, if they're allergic to that flea bite, if there is Lyme disease, for example, if there's other tick-borne diseases in your area, then it's really clearly important that you use a product that actually is effective and it works really well. How do flea treatments work? Are they a poison that's poisoning your pet's blood, but actually they're just a little bit more poisonous to the flea? Or are they really safe and there's very little chance of any side effects? Welcome to Call the Vet, the show that answers all your dog and cat questions so they can live healthier, happier lives. And here's your host, veterinarian, Dr. Alex Avery. Hello, 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 and welcome to the 59th episode of the Call the Vet podcast. I'm Dr. Alex, and I'm here to answer any questions that you have about your dog or your cat and how you can help look after them better, how you can optimise their quality of life, or what steps you need to think about taking to investigate or to treat any illness or injury that comes their way. So if I can help in any way, just head over to callthevet.org, submit your question, and it could be featured on an upcoming podcast episode. Also, if you're not already, make sure you hit that subscribe button and let's jump into today's question. So today's question was sent in by Ivelisse and Ivelisse is a fantastic Academy member. And if you don't know about the Academy, you can find out all about it at ourpetshealth.com slash Academy. And Ivelisse wrote to say that she saw one of my videos that garlic is poisonous for dogs, but she's also read that it's used as a flea or tick remedy. And her question is, aren't other marketed flea or tick injections or pills also poisonous don't they poison a dog's blood in order to kill the fleas and ticks so you know that's a great question how do flea treatments actually work are they damaging your dog or your cat but they're just a little bit more dangerous to ticks or to fleas or actually are they really safe well Ivelisse is absolutely right that garlic and onions and actually anything in the allium family, uh, so chives, anything like that, if you're a botanist, you're going to know a lot more, I'm sure. Anything in that family is poisonous to dogs and cats because what it does is it actually destroys the body's red blood cells. Now, if they're only eating a small amount, then it's unlikely to cause any significant problem. But the one issue that you can get with garlic and onions um, and all chives and all of these other things is that actually that affects builds up over time so if they're getting a small amount regularly then that can actually lead to a significant anemia which can then be very dangerous also they really don't do very much with regards repelling or killing fleas or ticks so it's not something that i would recommend relying on at at all and also it may actually cause real damage and real harm to your pet now Modern flea and tick preventative treatments, they do work in different ways, um, but they're generally much, much more targeted at insect biology rather than mammalian biology, which means that they target specific things that are in insects and not in mammals. So mammals being dogs, cats and people, obviously, um, and insects being the fleas. Now, that said, there is clearly still a risk of some potential side effects, although thankfully these side effects with our newer modern drugs are much, much less likely than with our older organophosphates, for example, which clearly, um, if anyone's kind of used those or remember using those, they can really very easily cause really quite nasty and even life-threatening side effects. So our newer drugs um, are generally much less likely to cause any kind of problem at all, but it does vary by product and it 
it may be that some products are a good choice for some individuals while others really are not suitable for others so an example of this would be our isoxazoline class of drugs. So that includes um, Brevecto, Simparica, Nexgard as well. And um, these drugs, they work by selectively inhibiting um, GABA and glutamate channels. So those are channels within the uh, central nervous system and they lead to a hyper excitation and death of the flea or tick or inhibition of those channels. That's what that causes. Now, GABA channels in mammals have a much lower sensitivity to the isoxazoline class of drugs. So they're really much less affected than the insect GABA channels. And also mammals actually lack the glutamate channels that are, again, inhibited by these isoxazolines. So this means that there is a very low potential for toxicity that said, it's not negative and side effects to these drugs can include vomiting, lethargy, anorexia and very, very rarely they can also cause seizures. So while they are much, much more selective towards our insects, they are not completely uh, kind of they don't completely have zero effect in mammals. And there is a, you know, a very small chance of having those side effects. Clearly, if it's causing seizures, then that's something that is a very severe side effect for that individual. But I can't stress enough that is very rare. That said, again, it's not recommended that we give these drugs to dogs uh, or cats that are prone to seizures. So epileptic animals, for example. Now, Another example of a, a flea and tick product would be um, fipronil or a flea product would be fipronil. Um, and again, that disrupts the insect central nervous system by, again, blocking those GABA channels and the glutamate channels as well. It causes hyperexcitation of the contaminated insects' nerves and muscles. And actually, fipronil's specificity towards insects, again, is due to its believed greater affinity to those GABA receptors in insects than to mammals. Um, and also, again, those glutamate channels which don't exist. So you can see here that, uh, again, there's a difference in how these drugs interact with mammals and how they interact with insects. Now, the other part of how flea treatments actually work is are they actually being taken up into the body? And that's going to, again, vary by product and and its route of administration. So in the case of our isoxazoline, so that's Brevecto, Simparica, Nexgard, uh, in the majority of cases, those are oral tablets. Now, Brevecto, there is a spot on as well. I don't believe those other ones come as a spot on. But if it's a tablet, then clearly that is then getting taken up by, absorbed by the body and then getting distributed in the blood. Other things like uh, a Soresto collar, for example, which is the collar that um, goes on and it provides flea and tick prevention for a period of about eight months. Um, that actually doesn't get absorbed into the blood or very little gets absorbed into the body. It typically gets uh, distributed through the um, or kind of oil layer of the skin. So again, the chance of side effects is much, much less. Although, again, there is still a little chance of side effects. So Yes, I don't think we need to think of our flea treatments as a poison um, and we're poisoning our pet. Like any drug or any drug that actually does something, there is a chance of side effects. But we also need to remember why we're using them in the first place. 
And this is really important when it comes to selecting which the best product is for your pet. So we want to use something that is actually tackling the problem that is in your area. So if there aren't ticks in your area, then there's very little point in using a product that also protects against ticks. Um, it might be that you're using that for a different reason because it's an easier way of being administered or because it lasts for longer and that's better for your lifestyle and you're always going to remember to use that. And also if your pet gets a really bad flea allergic dermatitis, if they're allergic to that flea bite, if there is Lyme disease, for example, if there's other tick-borne diseases in your area, then it's really clearly important that you use a product that actually is effective and it works really well rather than resorting to um, kind of our old wives tales. So our garlic, our onions, which could cause problems, um, our diametaceous earth, there's various other things out there, um, our apple cider vinegar, things that have absolutely no action at preventing fleas or ticks from biting and infestating your pet. But you need to think about all of these aspects. And I've actually got another post about how to choose the best flea treatment for, for you and for your pet. And I'll leave a link to that down in the show notes as well. Get your questions answered at callthevet.org. Now, controlling parasites is clearly a very important part of keeping your pet as happy and healthy as possible. I've actually got a free guide to the five steps that you can take to achieve exactly this to help prevent the most common diseases, help optimize their quality of life, and even improve the life expectancy of your dog and cat. And you can get that free guide simply by heading over to ourpetshealth.com slash pet care guide. So that's it from me. Remember to subscribe to the show. And until next time, I'm Dr. Alex. This is Call the Vet. Take care. You've been listening to Call the Vet. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of the show that answers all of your pet questions.